Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Nil Spooky Brown. They call me Ben and various other things. You are you. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know a relatively spooky episode for us today. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm just getting old and like sentimental or something, but I was riding around yesterday listening to Thriller really loud in my car, and it made me cry. Wow. How good that song is. Like how perfectly mm-hmm. done that song is and how it's like you think it couldn't get any better. You think it couldn't get any better. And then Vincent Price. Boom. Dude, fun fact. I used to know the choreography of the thriller dance. Yeah. This is, I mean, but my experience is separated from the video. The video adds a whole other layer of like shock and awe to that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a piece of piece of art right there yeah it is (laughs) so we we are doing one uh we are delving into one topic that is particularly spooky so spooky in fact that they use the word spook in the name it's correct and it was uh we were hipped to the attention of this topic by a listener named megan who wrote to us she says 
Hey guys, I started your podcast a couple of weeks ago and I'm greatly enjoying it. It's been a great way to help me get through the work day, though my coworkers might be getting a little annoyed with me randomly laughing or bringing up odd conversations. <laughs> oh, we understand that <laughs> yeah. completely, Megan. <laughs> um, the laughing part, you know, maybe the odd conversations for sure. Uh, she says, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the Joplin spook light, but I thought it might be something that you'd have an interest in. I've been fascinated by it since I was little and I always liked the various theories that I hear. Yeah, uh, thank you for writing in, Megan. Uh, our first response, I, I don't know about you guys, but my first response when I read the phrase Joplin Spooklight was, what a great band name. Yeah. Like, I would go, I would go see them. Only if you can get Janice to front it, though. I, I think, think that's that in there. Sailed. Well, I, you know, you could do stuff with holograms or, or, or ghost, maybe. Uh, <laughs> never holograms, Ben. Never holograms. Not, never holograms? All right. Oh, we'll see. That freaks me out. We could get the old pentagram back out, see what we can Conjure. Summon. Yeah. Conjure the, the Janus. All right. Cool. So I think we've, uh, we've just started a band. Yes. Mm-hmm. And before we, before we get to our album, which is pretty clearly going to be a concept album, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. As yep. long as we're all on board. Oh, and we need to introduce our super producer, Alex Williams, on the ones, twos, and threes. He pointed out Scott Joplin could be, yeah, that'd be a different kind of band, but I like it. We, mm-hmm. could, we could make it like space jazz. What about Scott just the Joplin. two of them? Just the two Joplins? That would probably, they'd cancel each other out. Double Some Jop? sort of like a dark matter explosion. I mean, okay. that'd be dangerous. There is sort of a crossing the uh, proton beams Ghostbusters vibe going on with that. You yeah, know? but maybe it would, that's why it would be incredible. Yes. And we'll put a, we'll put a, we'll put a pin on this and we want to hear your opinions too of what sort of band Joplin Spooklight would be. It turns out that the Joplin Spooklight, in addition to being a fantastic band name, is a phenomenon that is widespread and relatively well known in the Joplin area. This is an example of something that uh, is also called, you know, a ghost light, a spook mm-hmm. light, a will o' the wisp. And how have we not made an episode on this? We haven't, right? Because right, have we not been through the have we been through the feed? It, double it, check. I, I, it's it's okay. I I think we're good. I think we're good. We've talked about ghosts a lot, and I think this has come up come up in the periphery before. Sure, but we've never actually delved into it. I will say for for a fact, stuff to blow your mind. Uh, our sister podcast. What do you call it? Compatriots. What should what should pure I call it? podcast stuff to blow your mind? Are uh, peer part part peer? That's hard to say. Stuff to blow your mind. Are colleagues who also have a podcast? Uh, they did do an excellent episode on Will of the Wisps, so I recommend checking that one out. Nice. In addition to what you're about to hear here, fantastic. Yeah, and you can also, if you're a stuff to blow your mind fan, you can catch a couple of those guys on appearances on this very show. Last one in particular on the bicameral mind was. One of my favorite discussions we've had in a a minute. It was Mm -hmm. was really fun. So do check that out. But first, in this episode, we're going to examine spook lights or will-o'-the-wisp in general, the one in Joplin in particular, and see whether we can determine some sort of common cause or best guess, right? And we are going to delve into some folklore and uh, hopefully a little bit of science as well. Yeah. Joplin. And this is in Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. That is in – it is near um, – it is near Joplin. It's not actually in Joplin, Missouri. That's but just the closest town. That- yeah, kind of how, kind of the way that uh, people in the U.S. tend to just describe themselves as being from the closest big town in their area. Exactly. Uh, so, what what the heck is a spook light? 
You've heard the term, or will of the wisp, definitely. It's one of the common names for a thing called an atmospheric ghost light, and these have been documented numerous times in folklore. Will-o'-the-wisp is still probably the most common term. It comes from wisp, which meant a bundle of sticks or paper, sometimes used as a torch, and uh, the name Will, meaning Will of the Torch. Uh, jack-o'-lantern, Jack of the Lantern, has a similar meaning. They're also called ghost lights. You'll hear folklorists call them orbs. Uh, paranormal enthusiasts have names for them as well. My favorite, though, is ghost candles. Ghost candles. What about dead lights? Like, yeah. like, in, like in it. Ooh. Ooh. Related? No? I think that's more red balloons, but uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, deadlights are an otherworldly uh, manifestation of the macroverse uh, in which, uh, you know, which is everything that exists outside of reality as we understand it in the Stephen King universe. Oh, my gosh. I'm making this a different show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes. Spooky lights seen allegedly when they're in graveyards, they're called ghost candles, but they're across the planet. This phenomenon is known and the name might change depending on the location or the culture that you hear them reported in. So they might be called Onibi or Hitodama in Japan or the Min Min Light in Australia. Yeah, the Min Min Light. <laughs> you say a Min Min Light? <laughs> nope. I saw it. <laughs> I like how when you do that impression, you just like clench your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> you might also hear people uh, differentiate between types that, and that's largely based on what the light is doing, how it's changing or moving the shape, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to people who believe there's some kind of supernatural reason behind or occurrence behind these, um, they might be thought to move in ways that would be naturally occurring to some animal or something that has a will, something that can choose to move in a way. Right? Something that's sentient, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. maybe there would be, for instance, a, a legend about a jilted lover who was murdered and the spook light traces the path of their their dying steps mm-hmm. or it's searching for something or it's a malicious spirit which is trying to lure you further and further into the bog. Yeah, someone who got killed on a road at a certain place and then all the way down on the other side of the road, miles away, you can still see like the spirit of the person just going on their path down the road as they died. And this, I, I know this sounds like it went morbid really quickly, but these... But they're uh, ghost lights. Yeah, they're ghost lights. And these things have been around for a long, long time. And when mortality rates were much higher or distributed differently, it was much more plausible to think, well, people die all the time in childbirth or below the age of 13. So you would also hear Will of the Wisps being like parents, mothers, or kids and so you can hear them called wandering spirits or the work of devils mm-hmm. in Japan or fairy pranks in Europe. And the Japanese word is yokai, right? Which is there's – a, there's a cartoon called Yokai Watch. Have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like Pokemon but they like live in a watch or something. Maybe that's just a branding tie-in. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, but the Yokai in um, is also a Takashi Miike fantasy film called like The Great Yokai War, which is mm-hmm. all about like these kind of like gremlin-y like uh, Japanese monsters and like living in the underworld and it's kind of like a rollicking Goonies-style adventure Ooh. by a 
pretty schlocky horror directors, so it's always <laughs> fun to see them uh, go in different directions. And they're also – these lights are also feared by some humans as a portent of death, similar to the old stories about hearing a banshee. Mm-hmm. And uh, this – the version of this would be entirely visual, like, oh, no, you saw the flickering blue light. It means your time is nigh. And then in other parts of the world, there are folk beliefs that supernatural fires of some sort appear where treasure is buried or hidden somewhere away from regular view. But with this fire, maybe you can you can figure out where it is. And uh, with this, sometimes the fires are said to be spirits of the treasure itself or maybe even spirits of the people who buried the treasure or, you know, maybe spirits who are searching for the treasure. With like that kind of like buried forgotten treasure isn't there always sort of a, a sense of like ominous an ominous kind of dread surrounding it where if you know they don't want you to find it yeah cursed um, treasure yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. sure that shows up a lot in folklore pretty often and it's weird because already just listing out some of the big folklore themes for ghost lights we're seeing contradictory explanations right mm-hmm. in the canon should you should you run away from this thing should you chase it for treasure does it just mean you're going to die oh, at boy. dawn? Yeah, you throw the dice there, I guess, because right now there's no one explanation or one reason behind it. But they do have commonalities. That's correct. One is that all of the spook lights do seem to share um, this tendency to occur in humid conditions like said bog. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there is an – there is a provable atmospheric thing, right? Uh, the even more bizarre part may be that they're ubiquitous. They've been reported almost everywhere. We mentioned Australia and Japan and we mentioned the US, right? Uh, Missouri specifically. But these lights have also been reported in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Bangladesh, Pakistan. The list goes on. India, Sweden, Finland, Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay. Colombia, Venezuela, Canada, Norway, and many, many more. And we couldn't find any reports uh, of them occurring in Africa, but or on the African continent, rather. But um, if you have had personal experiences with any of this in any kind of African country or a good story about a sighting at all, we would absolutely love to hear from you at conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. Nice. <laughs> Smooth. Send us your stuff. So if these lights are widespread – and they're well-known, and they've been around for such a long time, have we as a species actually figured out what ghost lights are? Well, maybe. And we'll get to that right after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position. 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. Nice cliffhanger before the ad there, man. Yeah, I just wanted to do one of those. <laughs> I think it worked. <laughs> okay, cool. The crazy... The, to get to the crazy part, let's look at some specific examples of these atmospheric ghosts. Uh, we'll start with Megan's suggestion, the Joplin, Missouri spook lights. The spook light occurs in Oklahoma and it's near a small town. Uh, residents, please be forgiving of my pronunciation. Quapa? Quapa. Quapa. Q-U-A-P-A-W. However, because it's most often seen from the east, it's been, quote unquote, attached to the tiny hamlet uh, of Hornet, Missouri, and the larger area of, you know, in in a larger context, the better known larger town of Joplin. Yeah, and just for some simplicity there, it's occurring in Oklahoma, but you're mostly seeing it or where it's mostly reported from is across the way in Missouri. Just to, for an understanding. And I just want to throw this out there. For using family guy rules, the town in their show is called Quahog, but mm-hmm. it's spelled Quahog. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Copa. Oh, Ooh, yeah, that's nice. That's family guy point. also could have entirely invented that pronunciation. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll find out in the listener mail. Yeah. Uh, according to the legend, and this is pretty interesting. It dates back a while. You'll hear people say that this light was first seen by Native Americans along the Trail of Tears in 1836. So from a folkloric perspective, it's tied to that great tragedy. However, 
The first official, you know, in-print report occurred in 1881 in, uh, in a magazine called the Ozark Spooklight. Well, not really a magazine, like a printed mm-hmm. pamphlet. It typically travels east to west along a four-mile stretch of road with a really cool name that I suspect is not official. The Devil's Promenade. Can you can you do that in the Australian voice? The Devil. <clears throat> um, it's okay. I ha- I'd have to get this. I don't know how to. How do you say hey, promenade is such a the Devil's the Devil's Promenade. <laughs> See that now? <laughs> we were taking all that back. <laughs> Just kidding. That's funny. The promenade is such a weird word. Like there's only one way to say it. It's like a, a southern gentleman. The Devil's Promenade. Promenade, like lemonade. That's the devil's promenade. (laughs) So I think all of those pronunciations are great. Okay. Uh, According to the witnesses' descriptions, and there are quite a few witnesses, this light looks like a a sort of ball of orange-colored fire, and its size changes, and it moves down the center of the road at high speeds, and then it will also rise and hover over the treetops before it retreats. And disappears and retreating is a really common thing mm-hmm. with, with the belief of, of ghost lights. Yeah. And others say it moves from the side, like side to side, kind of like a lantern. Someone's swaying a little bit as they're carrying it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, some invisible being or spirit, perhaps the lights also been reportedly appearing nightly for over a hundred years. So, you know, every night for a hundred years, it seems like there's something going on that's common enough to occur every night and uh, to be visible. I, I don't know. There, we're we're going to get deeper into this. Yeah, and if you are listening to this and you happen to be in the area of Joplin, Missouri, uh, you can head over to Hornet to uh, check out the light for yourself. The locals say the best time to see it is uh, later in the evening between 10 and midnight. So don't show up at 3 a.m. and get disappointed. Yeah, please don't do that. Uh, so there are all these proposed explanations over the years, right? Uh, one of them would be natural gas. Another would be the reflection of car lights and billboards, which sounds super mundane, but could be an explanation for at least some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, so escaping natural gas, that's common in, in marshy areas, but the hornet light is seemingly not affected by wind or rain. So how would it you know, how would it spark? How would it self-ignite? Hold on. Are we calling it the Hornet light now? Oh, is I it the think. Hornet light or is it the Joplin light? You guys, those two towns have been in a bitter rivalry. Are they beefed up? Yeah. They're like, <laughs> no, no, man, it's the Hornet light. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the Joplin light. Well, Megan called it the uh, Joplin spook light. So I think we know where she stands on this debate. All right. I think we should oscillate back and forth just to see who wins in the end. Okay. Deal. And just to make things as confusing as possible. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's make sure that we are super unclear about that. <laughs> so people who are, I guess, true believers, maybe we would call them um, – we would call them true believers because they think that there is some other explanation that is not mundane mm-hmm. about this uh, – causing this light. So these believers will tell you that the headlight explanation or the billboard explanation are just easily dismissed – uh, because the light was seen years before automobiles or billboards were made and before a road existed in the area. Yeah, but torches, man, torches were all over the place. You had to have fire and light 
you know, ever since that time. I'm telling you, I think maybe there's something going on with light there. And again, I feel like I'm jumping the gun here, but no, jump it. Once, no, we'll we'll talk about it towards the end. Uh, the Fata Morgana. You're, oh, you're going to okay. tease the jump, but you're not going to do gonna the full jump. We're going to tease the jump. There's some interesting things that occur on the horizon with your eyeballs. A jump tease. Yeah, so a like jump the tease. aurora borealis and stuff like that. Mm, not really. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get into it. But uh, one possible explanation that has been put forward is that the lights are somehow electrical atmospheric charges. And it gets a little weird here. So in areas where rocks deep below the Earth's surface are shifting and grinding together, there can be an electrical charge created depending on what the makeup of those rocks is. I can see that. Piezoelectric activity, right? That's what it is. So this area lies on a fault line that runs east from New Madrid, Missouri, westward to Oklahoma. And it was the site of four earthquakes during the 18th century. So keep that in mind. There's activity going on beneath the surface. Okay. Um, yeah. And these types of electrical fields are most commonly asser- uh, associated with earthquakes. So when you have an earthquake, perhaps you're going to get one of these electrical fields above the surface of the ground. I have a completely unhelpful sidebar. Okay. The only reason that I know, uh, the only reason I pronounce that town in Missouri as New Madrid. From is, the video? It's it's because of, Will, of a Wilco song. Oh! Uh, where they, no, it's not Wilco, it's Uncle Tupelo, the predecessor of Wilco. Uh, gotcha. Where they have, there's a part of the lyrics where, uh, or a section of the lyrics where they say, roll me under New Madrid. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that meant. And for years I thought he was saying, roll me under the mattress. And, oh. and I thought, wow, Uncle Tupelo is a little darker than the uh, those jaunty country twang rhythms would have you believe. Yeah. Well, do you there's some pathos in there, my friend? Mm-hmm. There is. Do you remember when we made the video on the New Madrid Fault? Oh yes, and we called it the New Madrid Fault oh, the whole wow. time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. How'd the internet take to that? Um, people are very helpful, sure, in pointing out things like that. <laughs> Matt, did you just roll plus one on diplomacy? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a YouTube video. You can check it out. We, I, that's on me. I mispronounced the name of the town. I didn't catch it either. So we have another example though. Uh, just to increase our sample size a little bit over in Marfa, Texas, there's something called the Marfa lights. Uh, so the Marfa lights are near U.S. Route 67 on Mitchell Flat East in Marfa, Texas in the United States, these United States. And the first published account of this sighting appeared in the July 1957 issue of Coronet Magazine. So in 1976, Elton Miles' Tale of the Big Bend included stories dating to the 19th century and a photograph of the Marfa lights taken by a local rancher. According to Cecilia Thompson's book, History of Marfa and Presidio County, Texas, the earliest alleged report comes from Cal Cowboy Robert Reed Ellison. That is a good cowboy mm-hmm. name. That was in March of 1883. Um, the Marfa lights have also um, been given an official viewing area, That's which is pretty cool. cool. Um, is it, I, I picture it as being like almost like one of those like scenic overlooks of the Blue Ridge Mountains <laughs> or something, only creepier. And that is at the site of Marfa Army Airfield, where there are tens of thousands of personnel who were stationed there between 1942 and 1947 who were training American and allied pilots. Yeah, and this is a very important detail. So the the Marfa lights here in the U.S. are one of the most 
well-known examples of this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So that means that these are probably the lights that are seen most often yes. by the most people. Uh, I mean, the fact that they have a viewing area itself speaks volumes. But here's here's a detail that's important and maybe throws the uh, the paranormal allegations a little askew. So it's this massive field, like Noel said, and it had been used as an airport at daily airline service, which means there was a constant patrol schedule. You know, yeah, a flow were, of human beings going through that area. Right. So if there were anything super duper unusual, you know, something supernatural, this would be the place where it would have been most likely to have been seen acknowledged, reported, you know, if someone actually, say, found treasure or they followed a ghost light to um, a grave or something. Yeah, well, maybe it was covered up, man. Or there may be some other explanations in play. Uh, so now we're ex- now we're kind of putting folklore and science in opposite corners of the boxing ring. You yeah, know? that's always tough because there are all these great stories that have, you know, um, explanations that are out there mm-hmm. and that's why they're fun, right? Sure, yeah. And what, what we're going to try and do is find the space where do these things connect somehow? Is there a little space in the middle? We'll find out after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details.
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. All right. So of the explanations that have been proposed by various scientific minds, uh, we have chosen the top contenders mm-hmm. and let's explore them a little bit one is super fascinating it's the idea of bioluminescence the belief the concept is this that the light we see the ghost lights the spook lights might be the result of insects swarming that have taken on bioluminescent characteristics maybe because they were contaminated by some agent in local fungus local fun- fungi mm-hmm. uh, or Maybe there is a species of owl with their own naturally occurring source of bioluminescence. That, what? That one I don't buy. <laughs> a bioluminescent owl? Well, owls are also the some of the quietest birds yes. in terms of the noise they Flight. make when they fly. Yeah. So I don't know if that one measures up. So maybe – OK. Let's say – Wait, maybe, wait. What about, what about just lightning bugs? Yeah. What about fireflies, right? Insects, jellyfish, jellyfish. What wait, about wait? Hmm? What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, like airborne jellyfish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. so jellyfish that are just f- like floating. Yes. Okay. Yes, Matt. Got it. Got That's it. what I meant. Understood. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> All right. So case solved, right, guys? <laughs> case solved. No, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of that scene in uh, Life Aquatic where like they go out in the middle of the night and the beach is covered in those bioluminescent jellyfish, and someone asks him like. What's what's the source of their glow? He's like, it's the moon reflecting off of their skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was the one thing about that movie I really thought was funny. The rest of it kind of bored me a little bit. I oh. tried, to, I tried to like it. I tried to rewatch it and get into it, but I couldn't do it. It's very deliberate. It's yeah. very yes, just so. And what's that? What's that old? <laughs> Uh, it's a joke from Family Guy that got stuck in my head years ago when they're trying to argue in pretentious terms about The Godfather. And uh, uh, Peter ends up saying, because it insists upon itself, it insists upon itself, which sounds intelligent, but makes no sense when you say that about a film. That's my, so whenever we're talking, like if we go see a film together, uh, which, you know, listeners, Matt, Noel, and I, uh, and our crew go out and watch films when we can find time because we're nerds. But if we ever walk out and you hear me say that I didn't like something because it insists upon itself, it probably means I wasn't paying attention and I want to sound smart. Nice. I don't know. That expression to me means that something was pretentious. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you for giving some <laughs> meaning to it. Well, I don't know. That's just that's how it hits me. <laughs> Let's start accusing people of insisting on themselves. Yeah. How, how would you even do that? 
you just walk up to them and wait. Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's really me. All oh, the time. You mean how would somebody insist upon themselves? Well, no, you just kind of like insist that you're important in the situation, I think is what they're Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me. <laughs> I think that's what it is. We've solved it. Mm-hmm. And you slam your fist down on the table. We've solved it as well as solving the mystery of spook lights, or have we? Hang tight, Kimosabe, because to date, no one has captured or observed an animal that has all these characteristics that would make it, you know, a one-on-one comparison with a ghost light. And there's also, at this point, no bioluminescent source that we know of that's bright enough. Yeah. It's overwhelmingly unlikely for these lights to be produced by animals. Correct. But what if the Earth is doing it itself, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Remember the the thing of piezoelectrics that Ben mentioned before where the earth itself is creating it or perhaps even that fabled marsh gas? Yeah. So, okay, the idea is that the uh, tectonic strain moving faults in the earth would also heat up the rocks, vaporizing any water content. And rock or soil containing something like quartz or silicon or arsenic can also produce electricity that would be channeled up to the surface through the soil via the water as a medium Mm -hmm. and then somehow appearing as these lights. This, if it were piezoelectric in origin, would also explain why the lights appear to be erratic or even – intelligent in their behavior because there's some kind of flow that's occurring there that maybe is moving it in a way that you would think as you're watching it Mm -hmm. they're choosing to do that yeah because we like to anthropomorphize things Mm -hmm. right and ascribe agency to them you know but what about marsh gas what about marsh gas so this guy, Alessandro Volta, uh, who discovered methane in 1776, originally put forth this idea that these ghostly orbs of light were somehow tied to marsh gas. He believed that lightning mixed with the swamp gases and caused the ghost lights. His theory um, was pretty controversial at the time and initially was just, you know, disregarded wholeheartedly due to two Pretty important factors. One is the unlikeliness of spontaneous combustion. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Uh (laughs) Yeah. That's not likely, not super likely. And two is the, uh, his failure to explain why these phenomena appeared to retreat when approached. Yeah. As if they knew something was coming. As if to beckon you Mm. into the void. Oh. Like a swamp siren. Mm hmm. Is, or no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't follow. Don't? See, I'm confused. Are you supposed to go into the light or are you not supposed to go into the light? It really depends on the context. On the, on the yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you dying and you're ready to go? Then yes. Right? That's yeah. the whole point. That's the only time you go into the light. But wasn't there a poltergeist thing where it uh-huh. says don't go into the light? Yeah, yeah. because the um, the actual poltergeist, the dead cult leader, is trying to take Carol Ann's enormous power. You know, I've never seen poltergeist, Ben. You just spoiled poltergeist for me. No, I didn't even tell you the coolest part. Dead cult leader, though. Is that – They don't get to that until like poltergeist two or three. I see? You've spoiled the whole franchise for me, dude. Yeah, let me go ahead. Let me make it worse. Uh, the guy – who is that guy? He had a show called Coach. He's the dad. Hmm. Oh, what the hell is his name? The only thing you need to know about Poltergeist yeah. is that braces sometimes attack you. Your own braces sometimes attack you, and that's terrifying. Well, everybody knows that. 
Yeah. And I feel like I must have done. About braces, I mean. They're they're, they're (laughs) horrible, horrible, malicious things. I feel like I may have done you a disservice, my friend, because uh, I went through that period where I was just sending images, screen caps from Poltergeist in response to work emails. That creepy old dude with the hat. This is like pre-emoji. This is probably pre-emoji, yeah. The first time I ever saw meat in a, like, a decomposing state where there are maggots and everything mm-hmm. is from Poltergeist. And I was a little kid. Yeah. And it has scarred me ever since, you guys. I'm glad you're talking about decomposition because this, this, uh, idea that Volta proposes says that, oh, all right. So the normal way that organic stuff decomposes in open air is called aerobic decomposition. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lazy fitness program. <laughs> it means they're affected by air around them. And like all organic matter, plants, animals, what have you, are mostly made up of carbon and oxygen and hydrogen. And when decaying in the presence of oxygen, the byproducts of the decomposition process are going to be carbon dioxide, energy or heat, water. But in swampy or marshy areas, which would also happen to be very humid – Aerobic decomposition often doesn't take place because the dead matter, the organic stuff gets buried beneath water or water-saturated soil and it continues to decompose in the absence of air, anaerobic decomposition. And that would mean that the matter gets broken down by anaerobic bacteria. And here we go. This is why it matters Mm -hmm. because when the bacteria are decomposing this stuff – or breaking it down, they produce carbon dioxide, nitrogen, phosphines, other chemicals, including methane, as uh, byproducts. Now, methane. What do we know about methane? Uh, have has cow, it, cow farts? Well, yeah. <laughs> has anyone out there ever uh, attempted to uh, light a toot on fire? A toot? Really? <laughs> what are you nine? <laughs> <laughs> this is like that time. <laughs> So it was a while back when when you called something a no no place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we take a break and go tinkle? Uh, I mean, you know, if you got to tinkle, tinkle. But you know. <laughs> All right. So uh, toots. Yeah, toots and methane. It's flammable. Yeah. That's why it's important. That is important. Yeah, and that, uh, phosphines are also flammable, and they can burst into spontaneous flame uh, in the presence of air. Aha. As it burns, it produces this dense white cloud, which could seem to give more substance to the flame, right? Especially from far away. Mixed with methane, uh, this, these gases functioning in concert, uh, would, you know, would be the explanation for Will of the Wisp, at least according to Volta. Yeah, especially if you get a pocket of the gas that's just on fire for a little bit and burns for a little while and then dissipates or, you know, Begins burning in a direction. It sure sounds like it needs some pretty specific circumstances to generate this effect, though, you know? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Because when you hear the way it's described, it's it's all got a very similar look, right, where they're mm-hmm. bobbing and weaving and kind of, like you said, uh, retreating. Especially so to see it every night. Right. And I mean, what? There's like a National Park-style, you know, scenic <laughs> overlook for the damn things. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. it's not a made-up phenomenon, but we know how the northern lights work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, you know, what the cause of that phenomenon is. It's pretty interesting that we've, we've accepted this visual oddity, but we don't really know what causes it. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Well, there, I mean, there are a lot of people who say they 
have figured out the cause of a specific one or mm-hmm. a specific area, right? But you're right. There are people who would still disagree with this because the folks, again, I'll call them true believers who think that these explanations are okay, but they don't really encapsulate or demystify the thing. They would say in a lot of cases, lights are reported from areas without these favorable conditions. And I, I agree that it sounds like a set of pretty complicated, specific things. There's almost a Rube Goldberg feel to this. Definitely. But there is one other explanation that was, what did we call it? It was like a a quick hint at uh, it was a quick. Uh, oh, you were you were you were. Oh, a jump tease. It was a jump tease. We jump teased it. Guess what? We're jumping in right now. It's called Fata Morgana. Feet first or head first? Uh, well, I like to go belly. You're a flopper. Yeah, You're belly flop, first. Huh? Yep, that's generally my life. Just flopping. <laughs> <laughs> Is that before or after you go tingle? <laughs> Give us the straight toot. I like the flop toots. <laughs> to the tanks. All right. So what's a Fata Morgana? So uh, this is a third hypothesis, and that's this is that the lights are a result of optical illusion occurring in the observer, or at least it, it happens to the observer from what's happening into your eyes, the way the light enters your eyes over the horizon. Right. The idea that the whole thing is a mirage. Forget yes. swamp gas. Forget some kind of earthquake-based electricity. People are just somehow making this up consistently over decades, centuries, and so on. Uh, Fata Morgana is pretty interesting, but it has one big problem, at least in this case. So the idea is that there has to be a thermal inversion such that the curvature of light rays within the inversion becomes stronger than the curvature of the Earth. I know this sounds like a lot of gobbledygook, but essentially means the rays will bend Mm -hmm. and uh, create arcs. So if you are seeing this, what you're, what you're seeing is a um, distorted, erect or inverted image. And because of the changing nature of the atmosphere at the time of a Fata Morgana, this type of mirage can change within just a few seconds. Uh, so it can seem to be very dynamic, but here's the big problem with Fata Morgana. Mm, what? They are most commonly seen in polar regions. Really? So not Missouri, not Texas. Oh, man. See, so I was banking on this one because we're talking about humid conditions, right, where you've already got some optical stuff going on sure. when there's moisture in the air. You've got four miles of roughly flat terrain Mm -hmm. that you're looking all the way down and seeing some light way on the other end of that four miles. And, you know, if you've got lights, even if you're way back in the day and you've got torches during the Trail of Tears and it's way, way, way down there and you've got those humid conditions, you got that distance. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that is what would end up happening. You could, you know, it might look larger. It might look to be moving differently than it actually is because of this Fata Morgana, but dang it, I really thought I was uh, on to the figuring it out right there. Well, I mean, don't don't uh, dismiss it entirely yet. It could be some kind of mirage, but my issue with that is if it were a mirage, mm-hmm. right, if it were some sort of optical illusion, then why would it be consistently the same? It seems much more likely that maybe there would be uh, a busy road 
that somehow is reflecting light, mm-hmm. you know? But then if these are moving cars on an interstate or a road, wouldn't that affect the behavior of the light? Yeah, but if it's a smaller road, then maybe you only have a couple cars on there at once, but there's usually a car, but only a few at a time. I don't know. I think the closest thing I can say that I've seen to this sort of like this and super common is just when it's really, really hot and you're driving and like, you know, the, the street is really hot and you mm-hmm. kind of see this like faint shimmering in the air above, right above, above the horizon, right above the horizon kind of. And I think, you know, that's, that's the closest thing to like a visual disturbance that I you know, mm. personally witnessed. So, but that happens all the time and all it takes is it being really hot. Yeah. So, okay. What about heat? We didn't even really talk much about temperature. We haven't, yeah. Could the temperature be affecting this? And and that um, that weird heat wave that Noel's mentioning is something that I think we've all seen, friends and neighbors. I mean, you can just walk out in a hot area and look into the distance. But would that – could the heat create – just heat alone create this sustained ball of creepy light? I think anything – any true explanation for one of these – and I think you probably have to take each one case as by its case. own. Yeah, I think you probably do because all the conditions in the different areas are going to be slightly different. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe it's a combination, you guys. At this point – Mainstream science probably agrees with you and feels it has adequately explained this phenomenon through uh, the following the following causes or a combination thereof. Naturally occurring atmospheric conditions, misidentification by eyewitnesses, right? So mm-hmm. same thing as, you know, you think it's a UFO, but it's a secret government spy plane. Still creepy. Or, you know, the the Chinese lanterns that go up. I've, I have tricked myself into believing there's a UFO with a Chinese lantern, a group of Chinese lanterns. Oh, really? Was it from the lantern parade or something? It wasn't the lantern parade. It was off lantern parade time, but it was for sure. That's what it was. And then, of course, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention the likelihood of purposeful hoaxes, Mm. which I still don't understand. I, I guess it's, this sort of uh, hoaxing came along before it was easy to just troll people on the internet. Yeah. A few years ago here in Georgia where the show is based, uh, we heard tell, as they would say in Tennessee, we heard tell of someone who claimed they had found the corpse of a Sasquatch. Yes. Remember that? And they had it in a cooler and they had pictures of it and they said they were getting DNA analysis and I think it was just a, a gorilla costume. Is that what it turned out to be? Yes. It definitely wasn't a Sasquatch. So we do have to at some point or anyone who looks into this has to at some point acknowledge the possibility or even plausibility of someone purposefully, you know, pulling a fast one on friends and neighbors. But here's the thing. Yeah. Even if there is a perfectly good explanation for one of these things or we can explain it away somehow through science it doesn't make the physical viewing of one of these things mm-hmm. any less spooky. Which makes me think uh, it would be wonderful to see pictures of ghost lights or will of the wisps. Would they be wills of the wisp? Yeah, they would have to be wills. 
Will of the Wisps? Wills of the Wisp? Yeah, all because each one is a different will. Can we call them wows? Uh, the wisp is the thing that these are the wills of. So there would be only one wisp. It's the great wisp. Okay. And then the individual items are the wills of said great wisp. What if it's one will controlling all of the wisps? Well, well there's a will, there's a wisp. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. If you are a will of the whisper, then we would like to hear your firsthand experience, friends and neighbors. Uh, we ourselves, like anybody else, have seen certain phenomenon that we can't completely explain, right, without careful research. But I don't believe we have in this room actually seen a ghost light or a spook light for ourselves. Is that correct? I have not seen one. I have watched tons of videos online of mm-hmm. people showing it. And I've seen things that were very strange on a mountain road uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains where out in the distance, it looks as though there is a light shimmering or shining and floating a little bit. And after a little bit of investigation, I found out that it's this specific road that wraps around the mountain in this one way. And when mm-hmm. when cars go around it, for some reason, it just looks very strange and not like headlights. And it's true that even though different proposed explanations might sound, I don't know, highly unlikely or maybe even to a degree condescending when people talk about misidentification, mm-hmm. it's it's still true that it's easy for this sort of stuff to happen uh, if you believe that you have – Proof of a supernatural will of the wisp, by the way, please write to us post haste before it gets you. I, oh, I had one other thing I wanted to put in here, uh, to the question about why these lights seem to retreat. Yes, I want to know about that. Depending on how close people get before the retreat occurs, is it possible that it's a disturbance in the air of the person approaching or from the person approaching? Interesting. I'm waiting for someone to write in and say that's not how air works. Mm. <laughs> what do you call someone that's an expert in, in air? Uh, a weatherman <laughs> or, or, or woman? Uh, well, I guess it would be a meteorologist. Yeah, okay, that's fair. The, the, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's – weather, weatherman or woman is diminutive. Uh, I did not mean uh, any disrespect to the meteorological community. <laughs> They're very powerful here. You don't well, want to get a uh, big meteorology mad at us. Think about it. They're only a couple clicks away from controlling the weather. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. true. And do check out our episode on weather modification while we're, while we're here. We've been talking so much about you, friends and neighbors, and we've been asking uh, for you to write in. And that reminds us, what better time for? Shout out our first shout out today subject daughter of a psychic hey conspiracy dudes i'm a new listener and you guys have expressed some interest in psychic people my mom has made a few predictions in her lifetime mostly around death back in the 90s my family went to new york and we're going to visit the world trade center they're on their way to cross the bridge when my mom starts completely freaking out saying she doesn't want to go and something bad is going to happen and she's freaking out so bad my dad asks a police officer to help them turn around a few weeks later, World Trade Center blew up for the first time. Whoa. Also, she predicted the death of my grandmother. She had a dream that my grandma was sitting at the edge of my father's brother's coffin. He had died a few years prior. She sat there just looking at my mom and talking to her when my mom woke up and asked my dad to take her to his mom's house. By the time they got there, she had already passed away. 
there's some other stuff about how she gets bad vibes uh, about people and things. And I'm not a big believer in this stuff, but I am a big believer in her predictions. She hasn't had one in a while, but I guess that's a good thing. Thanks for doing what you do. Signed, Alina. You know, I, I want to say at the very top of this reaction that I absolutely do not care what people ascribe a bad vibe to. I would listen to it because there's, you know, there's any combination of cues that your subconscious might pick up on that your conscious mind does not acknowledge. And sometimes that could translate as a bad feeling, you know, like someone just walked over my grave or I just shook hands with that guy. And now it feels weird and I don't trust him. You know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with following your gut in that regard. I mean, don't, don't, you know, go out and, and try to murder someone because you got a bad vibe off of them. Yeah, but even like, I mean, like, to, not not to to oversimplify it, but haven't you ever had a had a thing where like you were thinking about a song and then that song came on, mm-hmm. or like you know, I mean, so I know that's like confirmation bias or what is it where you Bader Meinhof Bader Meinhof syndrome or whatever, but like it it is a very very powerful feeling, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and especially when you connect it with something that ultimately does come to pass it's 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 very easy even like something as simple as like hearing a song you could almost you know your brain could you could very easily be convinced by your brain which is a very clever you know yeah piece of machinery that you made that happen or that you somehow had for knowledge that that was going to happen and then it was like an inclination or something Mm -hmm. like that I, i i i've never really experienced the phenomenon in the way that she's describing like that don't think i've ever really known anybody that was just spot on repeatedly uh-huh. but for me to really believe it i think it would have to be like repeatedly repeatedly and specific, and specific. yeah well you know uh, full disclosure i have it, it is a belief in this stuff is widespread in my extended family and mm-hmm. they will insist to you that they have had precognitive dreams or that they have had you know predictions yeah that they've had the site it's big in appalachia so my in-laws are right there with you oh yeah yeah man but i would love to hear more of uh these stories i am fascinated by this yes please send them in if you've got them i am too and i am not downplaying these stories at all i'm just kind of like filtering it through my own experience and my mm-hmm. own jerky skeptic brain i guess but you know i have experienced things like this but not quite this intense and if mm-hmm. it was if it had happened to me i might feel completely differently about him that's true mm-hmm. that's true now i'm now i'm going to be cl- paying close attention to every song i hear for the next day because we mentioned bader meinhoff is going to follow me like a curse <laughs> I used to dance alone of my own volition. <laughs> That's a good one. That's Alex's favorite one too. So thanks for writing in, Elena. Uh, we've got a we've got a short uh, recommendation from the Ben Randall on Twitter. It says conspiracy stuff. Please call your drunken after show conspiracy. Hashtag do it for the kids. <laughs> what? Have we decided that's a thing? I don't think we've decided that yet, Ben, but you know, we're, um, we're definitely, it's a thinking about it. We just (laughs) trying to decide whether we're going to record it or not. That's what it is. That's true. I heard a funny, uh, Halloween beer pun last night. It was, would you care for a Miller fright? (laughs) You know, it is after all the champagne of fears. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh wow! God, I am so delighted. Thank you for bringing that into my life. Yeah, my girlfriend told me that, and she she'd heard some friends say it. I'm not going to name names, but. Shout out to Jess Bress. <laughs> and, uh, and to you as well, Ben Randall. We have not, we have not officially decided whether we're going to foray into recording this, but we appreciate all the suggestions that we found on Twitter, uh, who, you know, people were asking us if we wanted to film it. I don't know if we wanted to record it, but can't argue with a good pun and conspiracy is pretty solid. So thank you, the Ben Randall. Our final shout out goes to Damon from Indiana. Damon says, I've been listening to every podcast so far and I have to say it's quite the feat to get to the newer stuff. There's just so much of it. Well, you're welcome, Damon, and sorry, but I do also have a suggestion for you guys to research. I don't know how easy it would be for you to do a topic on this due to how mysterious it is. The Great Attractor. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? There are so many speculations on what this thing could be. No one really knows what it is other than a strange anomaly that's pulling everything in the universe towards it. I think it would be a cool episode. Maybe fun for you guys as well. We all love looking into deep space. Agreed. Thank you for taking the time to read this, guys. Keep doing all the awesome stuff you do for all of us listeners. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you, Damon. And the Great Attractor. I don't know that I know this besides... Maybe a supermassive black hole. Is that what Damon's talking about? Or is it something even bigger, some other force? Right now, um, science is referring to it as a gravitational anomaly. It's at the uh, center of the Lanakia supercluster. Uh, and it has, it's a localized concentration of mass that is, uh, tens of thousands of times more massive than the entire Milky Way. Wow. So what's going on with that? That does sound like a great idea for an episode. Yes. We just need to get somebody on the phone with us or in the studio, I think, who can just go, here's the science. <laughs> <laughs> True and fair enough. Uh, thank you so much, Elena. Thank you so much, the Ben Randall. And, of course, thank you, Damon. This concludes our but not our show Matt Knoll super producer Alex and I will be back next week with uh, some things that might surprise you some things that might disturb you but definitely hopefully fascinate you as much as they fascinate us so if you have any stories about ghost lights or any other kind of paranormal activity really we love hearing that kind of stuff anything from psychics you know maybe a uh a premonition that somebody in your family had or somebody you know or maybe you had all the way to just a glowing red orb that appeared to you um, on top of your cat once. I want to know about that. I think these guys do too. Hell, just tell us about your cat. <laughs> We're yeah. very interested in your cat stories. Yes, especially if your cat sits on your chest at night and tries to steal your breath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why you got to make it all sinister, man? Why can't it just be about the cats? Or, or a sweet, cute little kitty cat that is only a serial murderer on the side. As uh, someone who is, uh, as someone who is unreasonably popular with cats, uh, I can say that I believe they are inherently sinister. Me too. And I, don't I love think, them. I don't think that's a, a, a criticism. Agreed. I love them. Have death. you guys seen that movie, Cat People? Yeah. <laughs> it's like sort of like a Skinamax, like a, like softcore erotica film from the 80s. Isn't Natasha it, wasn't Kinski that a Broadway show? 
Oh, I'm, I'm, you're thinking of cats. I was thinking of, uh, sleepwalkers. That was later. Cat people, I think in sleepwalkers are very similar. They're basically about, you know, these very sexy people in the eighties that turn into cats. Wow. Uh, I only bring it up because we're talking about cats and sinister things. And I recently bought the soundtrack and it rules. It's Giorgio Moroder does the score and then it's got the, uh, the, the, the cat people, um, title track is by david bowie and wow. it was featured in that scene in um inglorious bastards where the character sets a fire i'm not going to do any spoilers yes, but yes, there's yes. a really intense bowie track and that's totally like the the theme to cat people wow it's like start a fire with gasoline and what better way to inspire you to write to us uh, i i cannot imagine a better note musical or conceptual to set you on your digital journey. Uh, while you're on the internet, you can also find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter and not Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah. Um, we're conspiracy stuff on most of those or conspiracy stuff show. Just type it in. You'll find us. If you don't want to do any of the social media, just send us an email. We will get it. We are conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 